You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's 11 o'clock at night. It's dark. You're sitting in front of the mirror getting ready for bed. There's nobody else in the house. You see something move in the corner of your eye. You glance to your right, but you don't see anything. Another minute goes by, and you think you see movement again. So you slowly turn to your left, but again, the room is empty. You turn back around, and staring you face to face in the mirror is a cat. You jump back, because you don't have a cat, and there's no cat in the room. But there he is, staring at you in the mirror. Welcome to Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week, we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Now, step into the supernatural world of pets with your Paranormal Pets ghostly host, Brandy Stark. Hello, and welcome to Paranormal Pets. I'm your host, Brandy Stark, and in this episode, we are going to focus on felines. We're taking a look at some cat behaviors that, even though they're strange to us, can be explained. We'll take a look at some cat ghost stories, and then we'll take a look at maybe psychically connecting with your cat. So, welcome to 2014, our first feline episode, and we will continue right after these messages. Time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. Swipe It's a revolutionary new product that literally swipes away cat hair from virtually any surface. You know, most of us struggle with a roller or vacuum cleaner to clean up cat hair, but anyone who has tried either of these knows they just don't work very well. But Swipe It's patent pending glove has a magnetic-like quality that removes cat hair from almost everything. And best of all, Swipe It's is machine washable, so you can use it over and over again. To order, just visit SwipeIt's.com. That's S-W-I-P-E-T-S. A simple solution for shedding. Hi, I'm Dr. Jeff Werber from Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. And we want to hear from you. Listen in. We're on every Thursday, 1 o'clock Pacific Time, 4 o'clock Eastern Time here on PetLifeRadio.com. We are here for you. We're trying to make life with your pets even better. I know that's hard to believe. It can it even be better than it is, and hopefully it's fantastic already. The goal here is to answer your questions, help you out with your problems, anything you really wanted to know, but maybe you're afraid to ask your veterinarian, or maybe it was just too expensive to go to your veterinarian just to ask a few simple things. So that's what you got me for here at uh, Pet Life Radio. Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Call in. We'll see you here on Thursdays. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host, Brandy Stark. 
and welcome back to Paranormal Pets. I'm your host, Brandy Stark, and the first thing we're going to do is take a look at an article produced by Parade Magazine about six behaviors from cats that can be explained. The article is on www.parade.com backslash kitty, K-I-T-T-Y, and it is written by Michelle C. Hollow, who lives with Chai and Karma, her two rescue cats. She writes the animal advocacy blog, Pet News and Views, and is the author of Everything Guide to Working with Animals. She is working on a book about a World War I service dog, which I think would actually be quite interesting. Everybody forgets about World War I somehow. The only reason we remember it is there's World War II. At least that's what I have found with my students. (laughs) Anyhow, it begins. If you have ever wondered why cats rub up against you, make mad dashes around the house late at night, or exhibit other somewhat odd behaviors, read on. One, why do cats run around the house late at night? Maybe it's their way of saying, see, I exercise, now leave me alone so I can take naps. Racing around the house often starts in the early evening and can go on for all hours of the night till morning. It actually stems from instinct when all kinds of cats, from lions to pumas to house cats, are on the hunt. They run, dive, and chase prey. Yes, I know there is no prey in your house, but it is their instinct. Now, interestingly enough, I have chosen to be a rodent household, so I have no cats here, but my mother has a few cats, and none of hers do this. But they are, you know, mostly older. There's one younger cat who is just odd anyhow. Two, why do cats smell our breath? It's to see if we are eating better than they are. Cats can learn a lot about us by smelling our breath. They are imprinting our scent into their brains. Okay, that makes some sense. And of course, while canines still rule on the ability to smell, cats do have an abnormally decent amount of olfactory sense. Three, why do cats bat their food out of dishes? They enjoy watching us stumble about the kitchen in our bare feet when we step on dry, crunchy bits. Well, that's my theory anyway. But scientists will tell us that it's because cats need to simulate the capture and conquest of their prey. And you know that wild kibble? Boy, they really have to work hard on that one. Now, I will say that I don't see my mother's cats do this too often, but she did have this wonderful big black cat named Big Boy. And he was, he was just a fantastic cat. He was a rescue. Uh, He came from the home of an owner who ended up having to go into a treatment program. And I think we got him when he was about one. And I I was still at home at that point. And he was so odd. His mother was part Siamese. And he was this immense cat. He was 16 pounds. He might have been a little bit heavier in his youth. Uh, He was as big as a pug. And towards the end of his life, I actually called him a cug. A cat slash pug, a cug. Uh, He did not behave like a typical feline in many ways. He was much more interesting, quite frankly, uh, at least in my mind. I think he identified with pugs and their behavior. Uh, He didn't fetch or anything like that. I mean, he, but he was social and he was pretty mellow. But one thing that he really did do, uh, every now and again, mom would get him uh, little toy mice, catnip mice or little toy mice. And she would come out in the morning to find them drowned in the water bowl. So I guess he had some sort of minor, I don't know, cat instinct that still existed somewhere in him. And uh, he still had the need to drown his prey, even though it didn't move and it smelled like catnip. It was very interesting. He was a sweet, sweet cat. I'm sorry to say uh, he passed away at the age of, I think he was at least 16 uh, last year, but uh, just an absolutely adorable and wonderful guy to know. 
All right, four. Why do cats knead on our chests with their claws? Are they actually trying to check our tolerance for pain? No. This up and down kneading action stems from nursing. Kittens press against their mother with one paw and then the other. When an adult cat kneads, it reminds her of her mother when she was a kitten. Oh, that's sweet. They're imprinting on us. Why do cats rub up against our legs? They think we're big lint brushes, right? Actually, this is their way of sharing their scent with you. It's a bonding experience that lets other cats know that you are owned by a cat. Why do cats groom us? It's not grooming, it's tasting. So for your own safety, buy better cat food. I'm kidding. The truth is, cats get along, often groom each other, as well as groom themselves. So they are extending the same courtesy to us. And the aforementioned big boy, I don't think he groomed, maybe he did groom mom, but I know he would groom me. I mean, he was such a sweet guy. He's the the one cat in the world that I got along with really pretty well. I still miss him, but it, and it's kind of weird because man, that is like sandpaper on your hand, you know? So some things to consider, and while not uh, hugely overwhelming, at least it gives us some ideas that, for example, you know, this constant running around may or may not be a ghost, but smelling breath, batting food, kneading chests, rubbing against legs, all of that, you know, pretty typical stuff, nothing supernatural there. All right, so as we continue on, we're going to actually take a look at some cat ghost stories. This comes from what I was discussing in the last episode. Over the winter break, I went to pick up some books at our local bookstore called Haslam's. If you are interested, by the way, you can read about Haslam's on the Spirits of St. Peter website. It's uh, pretty famous for being haunted and we did investigate it several times. The website for the Spirits of St. Petersburg, which is my paranormal investigation group, is www.spiritsofstpetersburg.com. Log into our investigations and you'll see public investigations are the most popular of our public investigations on the left-hand side of the screen and you can click on Haslam's and there are several, I think we did three or four investigations there. Anyhow, I went to Haslam's uh, along with my mother, and she found this book on your psychic pet, Developing Psychic Communications with Your Pet by Richard Webster. And uh, I have been reading this, and of course there is a chapter on animal ghosts or animal sensing ghosts. So I thought I'd just read a couple of excerpts from this just to give you some ghost stories to contemplate as we move on. The book, again, is actually a pretty interesting compilation of reports and uh, has been a very enjoyable read, although there are some sections that I think are, are jumping a little much towards the supernatural rather than perhaps a natural explanation, but still very interesting. So uh, this starts on page 127, and it's kind of a continuation of a story of a psychic named Mrs. Leonard, who was able to see the ghost of her cat. Cats are also extremely good at seeing ghosts of people. An interesting example that appears to demonstrate this was published in the London Evening News on October 5th, 1923. H.G. Swindon, author of the article, What Did His Cat See?, returned home one evening a week after his mother's death. His cat was distressed and was trying to escape from the room it had been shut up in. Mr. Swindon picked up the cat and placed her on his mother's favorite armchair. The cat had always loved this chair and leapt onto it whenever his mother got up. However, the cat no longer seemed to like the chair and scratched her master on both hands in her haste to get off of it. Mr. Swindon made three more attempts to place the cat on the chair with no success. Mr. Swindon let the cat out of the room. She raced down the hall and hid herself. From that evening onwards, the cat refused to sit on her formerly favorite chair, nor would she stay in the room on her own. Whenever that happened, she scratched on the door until she was let out. Mr. Swindon finished his article with the words, Could the cat have seen something that was invisible to the human eye? 
Now, of course, in 1923, you know, remember that this is going to be kind of the end of the rise of spiritualism. Spiritualism is going to be a bit on the decline, but we are going to see the rise of the parapsychological studies that are definitely developing and the rise of kind of this ghost society and scientific study. So very, very interesting question, uh, certainly fitting with the times. I mentioned this as an example because it appeared in print. However, there are countless other stories that could be told of cats who appear to be seeing ghosts. Another one that I witnessed myself occurred when acquaintances of ours were trying to sell their home. The young couple loved the house. They were selling it only because Marion, the wife, had come to believe that the house was haunted. Although she had never seen the ghost, she often felt a strange atmosphere in the house. At first, she thought she was being overly sensitive, especially as Carl, her husband, could sense nothing. However, she felt partially vindicated when their neighbors told them that the previous owners had sold the house for the same reason. Apparently, an elderly man had died in the house several decades earlier. The story was that he could not move on until he felt that the right people were living in his former home. Carl, the husband, remained skeptical until his sister and her family arrived to stay for a few days. Now, I'm going to insert this little thing here. I did actually do a gender study, a very, very loose mixed method gender study on the perception of paranormal investigation and the paranormal between men and women. And what I did find rather interesting, and this also comes from a compilation of my own experiences with 20 years of paranormal research and dealing with folks, is that, well, it seems to me that there are a lot of instances. I would say, you know, 75%, if not more, in which the husband or the male relatives of a family sense nothing, but the female relatives are reporting something. And I have seen it lead very, very close to having all and all outright warfare. And so I I find this interesting to see this once again here in print in which the wife is sensing and the husband isn't. And it's just something to also keep in mind. And the author here is male. So I find that unique as well. All right, so his sister came, and they brought their cat with them. Horace was an elderly Persian cat who slept most of the time. However, he was unable to relax inside Carl and Marion's home. He roamed restlessly from room to room. In the spare bedroom, his fur fluffed up, and he hissed at something in the corner of the room. He growled in a deep voice that gradually increased in pitch. It took several minutes to calm him down. After that, he would go nowhere near this room. Carl was still skeptical, but he mentioned the strange behavior of his sister's cat at work. One of his co-workers suggested that he bring his cat to visit to see if she could sense the same vibrations. This cat was a young female cat of indeterminate breeding. She immediately made herself at home in the house and went straight to sleep in her master's lap. While apparently asleep, her master carried her from room to room. As soon as they entered the spare bedroom, she woke, jumped out of her master's arms, and began hissing and making strange sounds. Intrigued now, Carl began inviting everyone he knew who owned a cat to visit. They all reacted in the same way in the spare bedroom. He began inviting friends with dogs to visit as well, but only one dog, a corgi, appeared to notice anything strange about this room. Carl loved the house and was reluctant to move. He employed someone to exercise the house in an attempt to alleviate the problem. This worked for a short while. Immediately after the exorcism, cats appeared to notice nothing unusual about the haunted room. However, a few days later, the ghosts returned. And actually, that's why my team does not do exorcisms, because it can be very difficult and you have to follow up numerous times. Marion was pleased that Carl now believed in the ghosts as strongly as she did, but still wanted to move. However, she now felt a responsibility for the invisible presence who was sharing their home. She told everyone that the house was haunted and the buyer had to be a special person who would naturally get on well with the ghost. This made the house hard to sell. 
One day, an elderly couple looking through it made an offer. Marion asked them if they had a cat, which they did. She insisted that they bring the cat to the house. Their cat was small and timid. When they let him out of the hall, he went from room to room. He stopped at the entrance to the spare bedroom for some minutes, but seemed curious rather than terrified. When Carl, Marion, and the cat's owners checked on him a few minutes later, he was curled up and asleep on the bed. This couple bought the house. So I just thought that was kind of uh, an interesting little story to mix in to our Paranormal Pets episodes. Over the past several months, I have also accrued a few new shadow animal stories focusing on felines. And I do anticipate another episode also featuring more on shadow, particularly shadow dogs. But I thought we might take a look at a couple of these reported ghostly phenomena and then take a look at psychic communications with our cats. Just so you know, I have updated the site and I've tried to divide the stories up a bit more into feline, canine, specializations, rodents, etc. So this is actually on the shadowanimals.homestead.com page backslash feline.html. And these stories, I'll just start with August and move forward. This is by not Elizabeth in Kentucky. I would like to talk about a shadow animal sighting which has had me spooked for years. I was going through a transitional time in my life and had misgivings about the changes. I had just moved to a large farm and the land surrounding the house is wide open. I was sitting on the deck alone about nine at night. It was completely dark all around me except for a security light which cast a bright silver glow on the gravel driveway about 15 feet from where I was sitting. Out of the field came... A black shape. I immediately thought deer as it was the size and shape of a huge deer and was literally bounding along exactly like a deer moving fast. It passed under the security light and I expected it to look brown but it was black. It came from a grassy area. I did not hear its hoof beats but when it hit the gravel I should have heard its hoofs hitting the ground but it was silent. It crossed about 20 feet of gravel 15 feet away from me and it was silent. It hit grass again and kept running. No sound. Here's the kicker. At the edge of this property there's a huge drainage ditch filled with vegetation and water at the bottom about 15 feet deep. I waited to hear the deer go down into the ditch and out of the other side and there was nothing. If he had jumped the ditch I would have heard his hooves on the gravel road far from the side of the ditch but it was completely silent. This was not my first shadow animal sighting. I was visiting a Sunday school class which was taught by my mother and a black cat walked out from under my chair. It just strolled out about six feet and then disappeared. No one else reacted. The reason these sightings startled me so badly is that when I was a girl of 16 I had a friend who claimed he was Daniel Boone reincarnated. The guy was a genius and had the idiosyncrasies of some incredibly intelligent people. Most people just chalk this up to his particular behavior as to him being bizarre. But he claimed that I was his sister Daniel Boone's sister Elizabeth and that there was a curse placed on the Boone family by Native Americans. He claimed that there was a black shape who visited him, chased him, and even wrestled with him who was an Indian. He warned me to watch out for the black shape. I can't tell you the nights I laid awake terrified that the black shape was out there and was meant to do me harm. When I experienced these shadow animals, I thought about the black shape and the supposed curse placed upon the Daniel Boone family. I never had any sense of being reincarnated or gave much credibility to my friend's claim, but what he said terrified me at that time. Finding your website reassured me that I was not hallucinating, not crazy, and not the only person to see a shadow animal. It is a relief, considering what my friend told me all those years ago. I had wondered if they were related and trying to tell me something. Another one. 
I saw your leak while looking up my experiences, so myself and my family having all experienced a very weird moment. Yesterday evening, maybe around 7 p.m., a black cat walked by all of us outside my deck and into the home through the open patio door. The black cat went downstairs, and we followed it, only to find that it had disappeared. I owned a cat and dog. My dog is a Doberman. Me and her went downstairs after it, but she didn't find it either. She quickly lost interest. It was as if my dog just came downstairs to follow me and not to chase that black cat, which I found to be very strange because normally my dog would chase down another animal entering the house. Anyway, the whole experience was very weird for all of us. I was just wondering if you had any insight. We all saw it, myself, my mother, stepfather, and younger sister. So I thought, I'm afraid there isn't enough information. There are a couple of points. It is rare for more than one person, possibly two, to see a shadow animal. It's rare for an entire group to see a ghost as well. The whole family seeing something indicates it was a natural being. The family dog not reacting is very odd. In nearly all stories of ghosts or shadow figures, animals act out. No reaction is odd. Have you checked the area where it happened? Is it possible that it was a different animal or that it got out? And he did say, I searched the entire home after I followed it downstairs and it was a large black cat. Not quite large, it just disappeared. We're looking for an explanation for it still. It was a very weird experience. The other night we were sitting outside and my husband told me as my oldest son was walking away from him toward our home, he, my husband, saw a shadow that looked like a black cat walking toward my son and merging with my son. I was wondering if this had any significance. Also, my great-grandmother practiced voodoo, and I believe my mother is dabbling in it in a way. She is mentally ill but denies it, and she claims to have conversations with God. While I have a Christian background and believe God talks to people, I don't believe he has daily conversations with everyone, especially conversations telling people bad things are going to happen to them. I'd appreciate any information you can give me. Okay, actually, we'll hold off. I've got a couple other shadow stories that have been submitted, but uh, maybe we'll take a look at those the next episode. Because the last thing that I wanted to talk about with this episode, and I just want to make sure we have enough time, is how to connect to your cat on a psychic level. Now, it's kind of interesting because cats are so enigmatic, but uh, there are several examples of, of this individual trying to connect thoughts to his cat. So I'm not going to read the chapter, but at the end of each chapter, he does give exercises that you can try to work with your cat. So this little section is on sending thoughts to your cat. So for those of you that have cats that are unpredictable and you want to try and convey a message to them, here you go. Uh, This experiment should be done well away from the normal feeding times. To begin with, your cat should be in the same room as you. Later on, it does not matter where he or she is. Sit down comfortably, close your eyes, and take 10 deep breaths. And you may need to with a cat. Picture yourself in your mind feeding your pet. See yourself getting the food, placing it in a dish, and putting it down where your cat eats. In your mind, watch your cat eating the food. Open your eyes and go through the scene again. Experience it as vividly as you can. Not everyone can see scenes clearly in their imagination. However, you might sense it happening. You might feel your cat rubbing against your legs. You might hear your cat purring or meowing in your mind. It makes no difference how you relive the scene in your imagination, just as long as you remain focused on it for at least five minutes. Pay no attention to your cat while doing this. It might be helpful to face away so that you are not watching him or her while thinking about food. If your cat has received your thoughts, he or she will have woken up and will be rubbing against you, meowing, or doing other actions to tell you that it is time for food. Naturally, you will have to produce a treat of some sort to reward your cat for picking up your thoughts. You should also reward yourself in some way as you will have proved the reality of interspecies communications. 
Yes, I just don't know. I I have seen cats. I have you know witnessed my father's cats, my mother's cats. I think you have to have a lot of patience for this. Once you have succeeded with this experiment, try repeating it when your cat is not in the same room as you. You will find that it makes no difference where your cat is, indoors or out. Once your cat has picked up your thoughts about food once, distance will make it no difference in his or her ability to do it again. The advantage of this experiment has over many others is that your cat is unlikely to ignore it unless he or she is an extremely deep sleep or has just eaten. The coming home test. This is a test in precognition. If your cat regularly waits for you to arrive home, vary the time you return for three or four days. Ask a family member to observe your cat to see if he or she knows when you are returning. Your friend should record everything your cat does in the hour or so before the time you agree to return. Do not return at the exact time you stated. Allow five or ten minutes either side of the time you indicated. This is to indicate the possibility that your cat is picking up telepathic cues from your friend that you are about to return home. Now that's kind of an interesting one. Come to me test, and this will be the last one. There are other tests in here, but this ought to keep everybody fairly busy for a while. This is a test in telepathy that you can do when you want your cat for some reason. Instead of calling him or her, sit down comfortably, close your eyes, and think about your cat. Summon him or her to you mentally. It is unlikely that you will have to do this for more than five minutes before your cat will arrive. That's kind of interesting. So, I'm very curious to find out how many of you actually try these tests and if they are successful or not. If you do try them and you'd like to submit them or you'd like to uh, do an interview or you'd like to have a submission read on Pet Life Radio, I certainly appreciate it. I think it would be an interesting experiment to see. The author does make a pretty strong point that it does bring you closer to your pet and of course it does give them attention so that's not going to hurt anything. You are welcome to email through Pet Life Radio or through any of the Spirits of St. Petersburg websites or the Shadow Animal site. Uh, all of these have buttons that connect to me. If you would like to learn more about shadow animals or calls for animal ghost stories, pug ghost stories in particular, you're welcome to check out www.spiritsofstpetersburg.com. And there are links on the homepage towards the bottom to all of these lovely ideologies and compilations of stories. So for our next episode, we will actually take a look at some shadow animals dealing with ghost dogs, shadow dogs. And that ought to be a pretty nice roundup to our beginning episodes of 2014. Please remember to support Pet Rescue. Pug Rescue of Florida is certainly still around. It's very, very important to adopt pets. The animal shelters are still overflowing with them. And uh, just remember that adopted pets are some of the most loving animals you will ever, ever meet. They certainly appreciate your time and effort. So on behalf of Paranormal Pets and Pet Life Radio, this is Brandy Stark, your host, and I am signing out. Happy haunting! Pet Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.